0: Welcome everyone to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. I am Steel Dad. That is Ben. Ian will more than likely be joining us as soon as one of his 300 kids are asleep. When that is, we don't know. Um, It's July, and uh, if you've been a Steelers fan for more than two weeks, then you know in July things in the NFL happen And 99.99999% of them are bad. Um, And uh, the Steelers have, uh, well, kind of felt that a little bit. We'll get into uh, the latest on Dwayne Haskins. We'll get into a little bit about uh, Ben Roethlisberger and his, uh, well, diet, fitness, all this stuff. Uh, Talk a little bit about Devin Bush because we didn't uh, join you guys last week and uh look ahead to, to training camp and and uh some other stuff as well we won't uh keep you long but we're going to keep you much longer once the season gets rolling that's for damn sure so uh ben first of all how are you uh on this fine summer evening
1: i'm great man I, that it is was a beautiful day here good deal got a bunch of stuff done it's a good day at work Got a little whiskey. Going to talk some Steelers. Beautiful. Good day. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I've set aside the uh, whiskey tonight. I have a uh, uh, Bell's Two Hearted Ale um, in the uh, appropriate Bell's good beer, appropriate can and uh, koozie. koozie, and uh, yeah. So uh, it it is. They just I'm I'm so blessed. I, they're literally like five miles from my house, and um, they just don't make a bad beer. And and I'm sure they do. There are some I like more than others, but you know, I'm sure they do. But everything I like is is good. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I guess that makes sense. Uh, ben, let, let's get into this thing. Uh, you know, it's July. Uh, it's like the old saying your parents used to tell you: "I need you home by midnight because nothing good ever happens after midnight." Um nothing ever good in the NFL happens in July. It's it's just kind of the way that his worked for so long. Uh Dwayne Dwayne Haskins, we've talked about him a lot on this show. He signed a, a futures contract. Um, he, he cost the Steelers absolutely zero if they let him walk. Um, they gifted him this opportunity, and uh he he apparently was out in Vegas with his uh, uh well, his newlywed, they've been married five or six months, and um, some things ensued. Uh, what what exactly went down here, to best of your knowledge?
1: Okay, uh, uh, apparently the story about him getting engaged on July 11th was nonsense. They'd gone to Vegas to renew right. their vows after getting married in March. So you get married in March, and four months later— you go back to Vegas to renew your vows. I don't really understand that, but, Nor but whatever. Um, so yeah, July 3rd, uh, there was some kind of an incident. I don't know exactly what took place, but apparently his wife hit him and knocked out one of his teeth.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> he, mean-
1: and yeah. he called hotel security and had her yeah. removed from the room. And they called the police, and she was arrested for domestic violence and booked. Mm-hmm. And eight days later, he bought her a very expensive ring, and uh, they renewed their vows. <laughs> I, I, to me, the whole thing is just batshit crazy. Um, it doesn't sound like he necessarily did anything wrong, at least mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not physically. You know, I don't know what they were arguing about. Maybe he did do something bad. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not okay to, to beat your significant other. No, I think we can agree on that. Mm -hmm. I hope we can all agree on that. Um, and you know, it, it just sounds like it's a toxic relationship. Okay. And, and it's not my place to judge his personal life, but where I do judge him is professionally. And this is a guy who from a professional standpoint has had a lot of issues with, eliminating distractions and he's admitted as much and he's Mm -hmm. said he's going to turn over a new leaf the whole tree in fact and you know he he has said i'm you know it's a fresh start i'm going to show these guys i love football i'm going to show them it's the most important thing in my life yada yada Mm -hmm. you know maybe he exaggerated there i i get that i mean your family always comes before your your job but you know by the same token he's been a guy who's had some issues with avoiding distractions, and this is a giant distraction. Mm-hmm. Giant. It, and it, is, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't really. It doesn't reflect well on his judgment.
0: Which, as which any, it's already and, questionable. Yes.
1: And that's, right. again, again, professionally. That that's what I'm saying. I know this is a personal matter, but it's public now. Mm-hmm. And you look at that guy and you go, does this guy make good decisions? Is this going to, you know, this kind of thing going to be continue to be a problem? I, I, I mean,
0: on a, on a couple of different levels here, I, I mean, let, let's just say that he didn't do anything wrong. She got upset with him because he, uh, uh, you know, didn't put the toilet seat down. You know, and and she she <laughs> she decks him. You know, <laughs> that's the best thing I could come up with. Um, you know, it, but it but it does. It, it on the professional level, and and that's where you, as you you put it, that's what we're here to do. That's what we've been doing for many many years now. As we sit on this podcast and we talk about these guys professionally, um, and unfortunately, there are times when the personal side um, comes in. Feels over. It, it feels over. It, it does. It does, yeah. It, and, and uh, you know, and, and there was a lot of talk on social media today, you know, people trying to excuse it, well, it was okay, she hit him. And it, No, look, it, it's never okay. It doesn't matter who hits who, it's never okay. Um, you know, and, and it does. It goes to his judgment, and I think anyone would agree that – if the shoe was on the other foot and it had been Haskins that hit her and was arrested, he would already be gone from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't even think it'd be a question.
1: He would. But, but okay. You know, what this reminds me of, mm-hmm. and you, you have to bear in mind the Steelers have experience with yes, these kinds do. of situations where there were domestic issues in a home and they became public. Cedric Wilson jumps to mind. Okay. Yes. Wide receiver. Cedric Wilson's. Yep girlfriend locked herself in his house Mm -hmm. called police said she had a gun the police came to the house surrounded the outside she fired a few shots from the gun while she was in the house Mm -hmm. Wilson was not in the house he was outside with the police managed to talk her down got her out of the house yada yada blah 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 um she, yeah, is taken in, evaluated mm-hmm. from mental health issues. Right. And so on and so forth. Wilson assures the Steelers that, you know, he's done with this woman. This isn't going to be a thing. Not to worry about it. Not to concern themselves. Mm-hmm. What was it? 11 days later, he walks into a bar, sees her sitting there having a drink, backhands her. Yeah. And he was... Gone before midnight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and you and, know and it's it's just you look at a situation like this, and you see two people that are toxic for one another. Yeah. And you go, yeah, this isn't this isn't going to end well, is it?
2: And no. Again,
1: it, you go. It goes back to and it's and it sucks. I feel really bad for him because this situation sucks. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, he's got to make a choice. You know? Do you want to? Continue to nurture this crappy relationship you're in, or do you want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler? Because
0: do you want to be a football football player?
1: I I don't know if you can do both. Yeah, do you want to be a football player? Well, I'll I'll tell you straight up: people weren't knocking on on Haskins' door to sign him when the Redskins cut him. The Steelers signed him to a futures contract, as we've already alluded to. They are out absolutely nothing if they cut Mm -hmm. him it's the same deal they give guys that were on the practice squad at the end of the season same deal one year futures deal if you make the team you get a minimum salary if you don't make the team we don't we're not on anything we don't care
0: and and just as a side note um Aaron our uh, terrific graphics guy and and major Ohio State fan um Mentioned that I think the ring that Haskins purchased was somewhere around the quarter of a million dollar price tag. Um,
1: that's the scuttlebutt.
0: That's the scuttlebutt. And, and just if I'm doing math in my head here, uh, obviously he's got some money left over from his time in Washington. But uh, that's like a third, about a third of his current salary. Um, that is the type of judgment that would concern me as well. Um, I'm guessing T.J. Watt's fiancé doesn't have a ring that's that expensive.
1: Uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but um, be that and T- as it may. And TJ's, you know. uh, T.J.'s got a major payday coming.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. He can afford That'll... whatever line of credit he took out. Exactly. Um, yeah. So um, that's, that's the latest with Haskins, and I, I want to bring Ian in. He is uh, joining us uh and and ian uh, you know we really that's what we started with was talking a little bit of dwayne haskins and his situation and i don't know if you had anything to add on to that or if if uh you were ready to move on to to other things
2: i'm ready to move on as i've said before the only news in the offseason is bad news so i think ben (laughs) covered it pretty well perfectly by the way I'm uh-huh. drinking this Quiet Man that Ben recommended, and it's quite good. Is oh, not, Quiet Man. Is
1: that not a really delicious Irish whiskey? Oh it my is goodness.
2: Quite good. Not so, quite as good no. as the Red Breast, but
1: quite Yeah, good. well, yeah, the Red Breast is the best Irish whiskey there is. Very nice. In my Very opinion. nice.
0: Yeah. Well, Ian beat me to it. I was gonna ask him, but he uh he jumped it to it or jumped to it there, so that's great. Um, okay. So um one of the other things that seemingly happens uh all the time Um, uh, I shouldn't say all the time it's like a rite of passage as we get close to training camp we hear about uh Ben Roethlisberger is on some sort of health kick he's eating better he's working out more he's doing yoga and of course the story is last year he's doing yoga and then he slams beers after he's done um I, I, in um do you think he's like taking it up a notch, or is this just the media having their way with it for like the 15th straight year?
2: Um, I mean, every. Not every most media stories have a source, so Mm. someone in Mm -hmm. Ben's camp probably put out, you know, how hard Ben's been working as you know, positive stories. Um, and people take it and run with it how they do. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Ben changed his workout regimen a little bit, you know, that could have been part of it. Maybe he changed his diet a little bit, that could have been part of it. I mean, we've seen players as they've gotten older. You know, I mean, Ben's made plenty of money. He can invest in a personal chef and things like that. If he wants to make a Mm -hmm. diet change, it's probably pretty easy. If he he wants to, he's made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. So uh, it's things he can do, you know, to help preserve his body and his longevity as he gets older in his career. But I mean, I'm not quite buying into the it hasn't reached Brett Favre level of, you know, he's in the best shape of his life every year. (laughs) Um, But, you know, everybody feels great in july when they haven't oh, yeah. been hit by a linebacker for six months so you know we'll, we'll see what happens you know once the season starts
1: well, uh, and, very, and very good other, point the other thing to to bear in mind is that ben tends to come in lighter in yeah. july yep. than than he ends up in december and january and and people need to think about that and maybe ben needs to think about it Because as Mark pointed out already, we we hear this over and over and over again. And it's kind of like, eh, you know, is it true? Is it not? Maybe. I don't know. Um, Hopefully, hopefully it is true. You know, hopefully the exaggerated stories are for real.
2: I do appreciate the fact
1: that Ben is not talking at all this offseason. He's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Uh, You know, people are going to say what they're going to say. I'm going to go out and I'm going to play and they can evaluate my play, my game based upon the way I perform on Sundays.
0: I don't believe any of the information that came out about this was like directly from him. It, it all came through. I think it was Ryan Burr, I believe is the. the Ryan Burr journalist. reported
1: it, but, but he's got a source in Ben's camp. Obviously. Right.
0: And, and, it, and, and he specified, you know, we're hearing or I'm told that, um, yeah. you know, Ben is, is upset, and you know, Burr, blah, blah, Burr was you know. The
1: guy who said before Brady's last season, that Belichick and Brady were on very shaky ground and not getting along well. And Belichick said, no, that's a bullshit story. Our relationship's fine. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the season was over, Brady was like, yeah, I'm leaving. (laughs) So, you know, maybe. But bear in mind also that sometimes guys get good tips. Sometimes guys get bad ones. I mean, we we get that. Sometimes we get good info. Sometimes the info we get is garbage. Ben, um, on both
0: sides of that.
1: My guess, honestly, is that the source is probably Ryan Tolner.
0: Uh, his agent, Ben's yes. agent. Yep. Um, you know, going back to something you mentioned, Ben, um, about October, November, December. To me, that's the story. If, if Ben Roethlisberger is still in good shape, and I'm not talking about, as Ian pointed out, after getting hit by linebackers and defensive ends and everything, if he's in good healthy shape, meaning his weight is closer to what it was when the season started, you know, he's still working out, you know, when he's, when he's not doing football stuff, that would be the story to me. Um, the story that he's working out, dieting, doing yoga in the offseason, that doesn't do anything for me because we hear it all the time. Um but yeah, I, I you know. but
1: these guys have got to put a lot of time in, honestly, a lot oh, of time no. in during the course of the Big week time. just yep. getting treatment yep. on their bodies and, and doing maintenance. Um yes. that goes above and beyond conditioning and film study and game planning and mm-hmm. practice. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's oh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. So I don't know that he's gonna have time to go to yoga class for example
0: no that's it's a great point i I mean they are so uh structured uh and everything that they're doing that yeah no no it's a great point and and maybe that does uh feed into a little bit of why he he gets a little heavier as the season
1: goes on i i I don't know Um, holidays man why do you get heavier in in november and december why do i well, first, um, there's football season, and I tend to eat more burgers and wings and brats and drink more beer during football yes. season.
0: More caloric intake.
1: And, and second, you know, it's the wintertime. I can really? wear sweaters. You start it's hard to Who cares?
0: Uh, just a quick reminder that you're listening to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Um, whether you are looking at commercial residential Multifamily condos, you name it, contact Deck Roofing today at deckroofing.com. Um, wow. Okay. So, since we're talking about practice structure, I want to jump into the Cassius Marsh thing here um oh, we
2: <laughs> i can cover this really quickly the
1: patriots yeah. were mean to me well
0: okay the... so just real quick we we were probably not real kind to cassius marsh in our last episode because, and we're about well, to get not, worse and good. the episode
2: before that and the one so that, so ian
0: right? yeah go ahead take it away uh, uh he was on a podcast and had some interesting comments about his time with the patriots
2: yeah he basically said that they treated him like he sucked because he does suck. This is a case of two things being simultaneously true. Number 1, Bill Belichick is a jagoff and does have complete and total control of the organization and if yep. you piss him off, you're screwed. This yeah. is a fact. Oh yeah. Simultaneous yeah. to that fact is that Cassius Marsh sh- sucks. So <laughs> he's complaining that, you know, they never gave him a chance, but and treated him like a player that sucked but he does suck so i don't really see what the story is here it's it you know two things are both true at the same time uh
0: well he he said that uh number one he was there for nine weeks i believe um before he was sent packing um but he Um, he he's he specifically talked about the fact that I didn't have time for a lunch. I would have to, like, you know, get my food in a cup and crush it on my way to the next meeting. It was always this meeting or that meeting or practice. I, I, he, now, he did say that it, it, he started off by saying that it was a really impressive thing that the Patriots do. So he was somewhat complimentary at the beginning of it. However, everything else kind of snowballed from there. He was very down, wasn't fun. I was glad I was let go. Um, Look, I don't think it surprises anyone that the Patriot way has not been fun. Um, Sometimes that's what happens. It it just is. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, if every team and organization was a circus and could win Super Bowls all the time, then they'd all be like that. But. You know, sometimes there's sacrifice required, and obviously a lot of players made those sacrifices. Um, I'm trying to think of who the guy – there was a guy in New England that made similar comments not long after he was there. Um, A lot of guys have said similar
2: things. Well,
0: yeah. Um, Gronk. I mean, Gronk retired. Gronk Gronk, Gronk Gronk is – Yeah. Gronk yeah. drove him nuts. Um, but there, there was one or two particular wide receivers. I, and I draw a blank, but Randy uh, Moss got
2: kicked out, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's probably why I was traded. Thinking. Um and, and let's be honest about something too, that Bill Belichick is probably the last of the sort of old school hardcore disciplinarian coaches in so. the NFL of the you know yes. old Tom Coughlin kind of mentality. Yeah, and if he didn't he, cheat he worked, his way to he six he came Super up Bowls, under Bill Parcell's man. Right. Let me finish this take. If he didn't cheat <laughs> his way to six Super Bowls, he would have been out of New England long ago. But because yeah. he has those rings, they let him stick around and do what he wants. Yeah. Well,
0: we, we won't well, spend I'm, it. Yeah. I'm gonna give Go him
2: some
1: credit. Granted, yes, the Patriots fucking cheat, but Belichick's a great coach. He is. Who also oh, happens I, to cheat? Yep. He's a great coach who like walks up right to the line. Of legality and illegality, and sometimes yes. he crosses it.
0: Yep. <laughs> hey, so does John Harbaugh. Does the yeah. same
1: damn thing. Oh yeah, for sure.
2: You know, same, but he's but not Harbaugh, great coach. Harbaugh he's not a great coach. Harbaugh complains about it afterwards. Harbaugh fights, whines right.
1: about the fact that he doesn't get away with it when he gets caught.
2: Right.
0: Why with baby? <laughs> I want cake.
1: Uh, whole fucking Harbaugh family sucks. Uh, well, uh, no,
0: no argument here. Uh... You know, guys, we didn't meet last week, uh, and, and part of that reason I'll get to towards the end of the show as, as to why, but um, Devin Bush uh, had people concerned on Twitter. Let's just put it that way. Um, oh, I, think it, I think it went from a, geez, I'm really concerned, to, okay, is he just trolling now? Um, Bush, during his time in Pittsburgh, has been relatively quiet especially on social media. Um, He's been rehabbing from the ACL tear. He suffered in the game against Cleveland last year. Um, And all of a sudden, he's just kind of slowly started more and more, being a little more active on social media, especially Twitter. And uh, then he decides to post a picture of a cat falling to its death, um, which did not amuse many people. No. And, and, you know, Ben, we were talking about kind of before we started recording that – Eventually, we think that he probably figured out, wow, this is really easy to piss these people off. Yep. Is that what happened here? He just started trolling?
1: Yes. He was basically screwing around on Twitter, and then he realized he was pissing everybody off in Steelers Nation because Steelers Nation loves their drama. And so he just started trolling us. He was straight up trolling us. And people just, they chased it like a bouncing ball, like my Labrador who's laying right next to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Chase is a bouncing ball. Oh, my God. Ball? Where? <laughs> hey, they, they they just couldn't wait for him to tweet. So yeah. They could react. I just don't get it. Steelers yeah. Nation I, I, is I, I, awesome. Steelers Twitter is fantastic. Well, but, man, do we love our drama. I do not understand that.
0: I don't think anybody does. Uh, I, I guess Dr. Phil can maybe do a show on that, but uh man it gets old after a while uh shit after a while it gets old fast um anyway but i i i think he's fine i think he's i agree no prime to have a a good comeback season and i i'm not if he
1: he ever wears that suit that he wore for the draft ever again i'm gonna be like dude yeah Um, that was pretty bad that was horrible uh Somebody, was you bad. need a personal stylist or something. I don't know. Well, that's I mean, just it. It
0: probably was a personal stylist that designed the suit in the first place. It was
1: probably some designer that talked him into wearing it. Oh, I'm sure. He was probably paid handsomely to wear it. I, probably yeah, not, but uh, he probably well, got a free suit out of her or something. You,
0: you'd have to pay me to wear that sucker out there. There was right like, Whew. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, pro football reference um, yes. and, and stat head. And Ian, I know you wanted to talk about this. And, and I, I had a few moments last night and I wrote a, an article about L.C. Greenwood, um, the, the Steeler great, who many people thought, you know, should be in the Hall of Fame. And, and you know, I'm not going to get into it too much, but a lot of people felt like maybe he hasn't because so many other Steelers had, eh, yep. we don't want to put Steelers in this Hall of Fame. There's too many, blah, blah, blah. Well, the guys at StatHead, and and I highly, if you're a stat person, I highly recommend you get a, a subscription to that website. They do amazing work on players, statistics, all that stuff. They went back and did sacks for players previous to when sacks started to to count in 1982. And it was fascinating to me, looking at the list, looking at the sack rate uh, that, that some of these guys had. Um per per quarterback drop back. I mean, it was really incredible. Like Dinkin Jones, what a freaking monster that guy was. We knew that anyway. But what what was it that stood out to you, Ian, when you you looked at that? Because we knew that there were guys that were great sackers of the quarterback long before it ever became a stat.
2: Yes. Um. So the the first thing I'd like to to point out here. Is that while sacks were um, only made an official statistic in 1982, the Steelers media guide had actually been publishing their sack records for all of their players. Um, So if you like go pick up a Steelers media guide, you'll see like L.C. Greenwood with 78 sacks and Joe Green with was 75 and a half i think um 77 and a half. 77 and a half sorry yep. Yep. um so so those guys were always listed in the steelers media guide um sort of in their proper order mm-hmm. um and it just took you know someone from pro football reference to go out and do the whole league which was an incredible <laughs> task to go do that Can't um, but it was you know it's kind of like confirming what if you read the Steelers media guide like I do cuz I'm a nerd um <laughs> and you know what football a lot of us are dork do. yeah
1: dork all right let's let's use the proper terminology you're not a nerd you're a football dork
2: okay so well, I. I like i like that better yeah
1: me too it's it's a lot more respectable <laughs> yes
2: so nevertheless you know it was putting these guys kind of in their their mm-hmm. proper place oh, um and it, it did shift around the the top 10 a little bit of, of Steelers all time yeah. sacks. Yep. So TJ Watt dropped out of the top 10 and is now 11th. But let's also consider the fact that <laughs> TJ Watt has played four years as a Steeler right, and is already right. 11th on the all time sack list. Like that's pretty insane. Um, on the Steelers all time sack list. I should right. Express. Right. Yes. Um, he will easily, uh, get into the top 10 this year. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 really cool though. It's it's nice to have that data because you know, nineteen eighty-two was always kind of an arbitrary year to be like, Oh yeah, Sacks only started counting when, like you said, there were a lot of guys yeah. in the seventies, you know, not only for the Steelers, but you know, your Deacon Joneses and other guys that were just like insane. And now it gives them kind of their their proper place in history as well.
0: The the interesting thing with with Elsie Greenwood was that um Buck Buchanan from the Chiefs, um, Leroy Selman from the Buccaneers, and um, Curly Cull, uh the Houston Oilers. Um, they all are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Ted Hendricks as well, um, the old Raider, and um, they had fewer sacks than than he did.
1: And uh, I, I think with with the Steelers, and I, you know, I. Yeah. When Donnie Shell got in, I said on this show, I thought LC Greenwood should have gotten in first, but yeah, I'm really glad that Donnie Shell got in. He's deserving, no question. Um, you know, I, I think that for the voters, they looked at it from the standpoint that LC played on the same side with Joe Green, mm-hmm. who was almost always doubled, yeah, which gave LC a one-on-one almost always. And it gave him an advantage. And that was the way he was viewed as a, as a product of a guy, you know, a guy who played next to Joe green where
0: it's true. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and he's also got Jack ham coming in on blitzes, you know, and they got to worry about that. They got Lambert coming in on blitzes. They got to worry about that. So they, the voters viewed Elsie as a guy who wasn't quite, as great as those greats, mm-hmm. and benefited by playing with them, and there's a certain amount of truth to that. But by the same token, yeah. in his own right, he was an outstanding player. He was great. Yeah. So, I, yeah, and you no, gotta I, give him some props. I, I, really do think he's way overdue to be in the Hall of Fame, and it, it sucks that he's dead. Yes. And and didn't get in, you know, didn't see himself in before he died.
0: Well, the 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 couple of things, and I, I wrote this in the article that you, you can see it. It's it's right on the main page at SteelCityBlitz.com. dot com. Um, you know Green, Greenwood, you're you're absolutely right, Ben. That that he, in many ways, could have produced more because of all the the double teams that Mean Joe had, but but at the same time too, he was also a real um, disturbance because of his yeah. size and his length. Um, you his get off was yes, ridiculous he was, he was super quick for such a big man um and and you know so i yeah and again i'm biased i i think every stealer that ever walked the earth uh, should be in the hall of fame well except for a couple uh, but you know and, and i think that was just just part of it but it was fascinating to do <gasps> um, the research to look at what these guys at at Pro Football Reference and Stathead had had pulled together. And, and just to give you an idea of how good Deacon Jones was, uh his his best year, he had three straight years of over 20 sacks. And in one year, he was sacking the quarterback. I think it was one out of every 25 dropbacks. Yes. Last year, T.J. Watt led the league with 15 sacks, I believe it was, which which broke down to about one out of every 36 dropbacks.
1: Yes, which so is also it, stellar.
0: It, it, it's great. It yeah. but it just gives you an
1: idea of De- how. The good thing that's funny to me is that Deacon Jones guys. once yeah. claimed once claimed that he had four sacks every game.
2: Yeah. I was like, <laughs> listen,
1: man, <laughs> you were great, but you weren't that great.
0: No, no. That, that, that reminds me of the old Wilt Chamberlain statistic, which yeah. I will not get
1: into for yeah. the young folks out there. Exactly.
0: Um, yeah, a little bit of embellishment there, yeah. uh, to, to say the least. But um, uh, anyway, so yeah, if you if you get a chance, check that out. And uh, guys, we are we are closing in on camp, um, training camp. Um, do we officially know the Steelers will report on the twenty first? Is that what we've we've gathered or have they changed the date a little bit on that at all? Anybody know? That was the twenty eighth. Well, the I, I don't. I think they can. The earliest they can be in is the twenty first. But I think they have to be in before the twenty eighth because that's when everybody else is in, and they play uh, the Cowboys, of course, in the Hall of Fame game just eight days after they. Cry they, boys. Oh, yeah, cry, cry boys. Um, so I, you know, camp is once again at, uh, Heinz field, the South side, uh, facility as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So
1: they're yeah. gonna, they, they report, uh, the first practice is the 28th. Okay. So they would have to report before that the day before typically. Right. They usually show so up. So we're probably before. looking at the 27th. That would make sense. Uh, yeah,
2: and since camp is in Pittsburgh this year, I mean, they're not, like, all moving into dorms in La Trobe. It's, you nah, know, like, it probably just, just have to show up to the facility. And show get- up,
1: weigh yeah. in, maybe, yep. you know, take a physical or I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, we were my son and I were thinking of going over this year, and then once they announced they weren't going to do it at St. Vincent, we kind of were like, "Yeah, okay." He's he's got a a dead week that first week of August that that he can't do any prep or anything for his football season. So he he had some time, but we're we're probably just going to hang here. But um, uh, Hall of Famer Rick will uh, he's already got his tickets. He'll be there for uh, camp, and he's gonna. He's going to join us, let us know what the vibe is inside Heinz Field. And, the vibe. Uh, what, he, what he's seeing and who he likes and who he doesn't like and all that stuff uh, once camp gets underway. But, um, um, Ian, you, you've, you guys have both been to camp before. Do either of you have any uh, uh, particular memories of camp? One particular thing stand
1: out at all? Heat, humidity.
0: Oh oh yeah, it does get a little hot and humid there in Latrobe. I forgot about yeah, that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just just a tad. Just a little bit. Yeah. Mr. Rogers um you know, other stuff. Mm-hmm. Camp is fun. <laughs> I enjoy but it. But it's it's more about the anticipation of the coming season. Oh, big time. There's you know, just, watching yeah. players go through drills, watching the scrimmages, um I <sighs> And I'm always really fired up watching something like that. But then I walk away from it and I remember, oh, yeah, it's just practice. A lot of times it's just football and shorts. It's not a lot of times it is, you know, guys that ball out in practice and camp. A lot of times don't do a damn thing during the season. So you kind of have to take it with a grain yeah. of salt
0: or don't even make the roster, you know? Yeah. Uh, or don't even make the roster. Yeah. I mean,
1: they, they Guys talked about how Rod Woodson would get burned in practice all the time. And then, mm-hmm. you know, when the game came, <laughs> look <laughs> out.
0: Yeah, he obviously did okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he
2: did pretty well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ian did when you was,
2: Yeah, when I when I was a kid, um I got Cordell Stewart's autograph on a shirt that I had that yeah. had him on it as like and it said like slash and so it had like different columns on the shirt that had like pictures of him as like running back, wide receiver, quarterback, punter yeah. or whatever it was. So I had like a slash shirt and he signed it which was pretty cool. Um other than that, you know as a kid going to training camp, it was kind of cool. It was hot and whatnot. The coolest part was like the autograph line and, you know, like say yeah. hi to players. I think I gave a high five to Jerome Bettis one time or something. Um, I, I remember I came home and told my dad I was never going to wash my hand again. So high five <laughs> um, He still uh, has it, ladies and gentlemen. He still has as, it. <laughs> as an adult, um, you know, I've gone to the, the evening practice that they do at Latrobe Memorial stadium a few times. And that's a lot more fun than just regular training camp because they'll run like a two minute drill. They'll run the goal line drills, things like that. And, you know, they pack a a high school stadium full of fans on a Friday night and it's, it's a lot more fun and less hot and humid too.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I I have not done that one. That's something that I would really like to do. I've been to Latrobe a few times, but um, my, my best memory is, um, we were along the, the snow fence there around the practice fields and, and Heinz Ward was making his way over towards us. And my daughter, who I'm going to guess was probably, God, eight, nine at the time, maybe. Um, she kind of followed me into this mass of humanity to get an autograph. And I, I'll be honest, I kind of lost track of her. And and I could hear my wife in the background going, you better be able to find her, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I just stuck my hat out. And the next thing I know, I get it back and it's got his autograph on it. I could see him, but I really couldn't see him sign it. Well, so I start walking out and I see my daughter come flying around the corner of this mob. and And he had just signed her hat. And man, she was so excited. She still got it on her wall and uh, so that that was a pretty cool uh uh moment for me uh for sure at camp so yeah that's better uh, than
1: getting his autograph yourself
0: uh, well uh it yeah. is yeah um you know and then uh it wasn't 10 minutes later bill Cower walked over to the same part of the fence and uh, uh as you guys know i'm a fairly large individual and people started yelling at me like, hey, get out of here. Let the kids get up there. You know, my wife, who is not a large individual, she grabs my hat and she just disappears. And like, I thought, oh, my God, she just went into a black hole. She's gone forever, you know. And she comes back out just marching in her typical Italian way. Just she goes, here, look what I did. And she's got his his autograph, Bill Cowher's autograph on the bill of the cap. And she says, oh, what a nice guy. We chatted for a few minutes. <laughs> I was nice. like, oh, that's great, honey. Thanks. Uh so yeah. A lot of good memories at camp. No doubt about awake. It. Yeah, Maggie is uh Maggie's very awake. She she seems
2: very interested in what we're doing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um so I, yeah. I also got Heinz's autograph, though not at camp. It was at a um every year the Steelers do these sort of charity basketball events where oh, yeah. they against yeah. some local yeah. high school coaches. And uh there was one at a neighboring school district that I went to. It was probably early 2000s so I think I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And so I had a I had a two thousand one like AFC North Champions hat or something that I wore to the game because um you know, that was the year they lost in the championship game to the Patriots team. Right. They absolutely cheated that year. Oh, no and, question. Uh so yeah. I wound up getting like a bunch of signatures, including Heinz's from that team on that hat. And then I never wore the hat again, obviously. Awesome. But um, yeah. but yeah, it was it was pretty cool that I got like a bunch of guys on that one hat.
0: Right on. Yeah. No, the, the basketball thing was cool because they I, I remember they always came up with like uh basketball jerseys that looked like football jerseys. You know they were always really you know, kind of odd looking. Um, but a lot of the NFL
1: teams do that in, in the off season. Um, I remember
2: one time when I was a, a kid, probably like seven, eight years old, whatever. Right. Um, the school where my mom taught at hosted them, and my mom got tickets like right behind the bench for me to sit there. So I was there like chatting with the guys. I was like, and I was trying the <laughs> whole game to get them to dunk, and like none of them were like, we're well, not gonna dunk, like doing that we're just here to have fun and i'm like you gotta dunk you know so finally one of them dunked and then he came back over me he was like all right i dunked shut up now you know he didn't <laughs> hey, say shut up but he was like I, yeah he was like i, I dunked Are you happy i was like yeah that was great you, you know since we're talking a bit about basketball did you guys see the video
0: footage of lamar jackson uh, throwing the football around on the basketball court
2: I don't know if you saw this. No, I did not, but I'm sure he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I'm
0: I'm
1: sure that the Baltimore media wasn't allowed to report it.
0: Well, that's what's funny. So he's just messing around with a group of kids, throwing passes to him, and and he's like trying to throw the football into the hoop at the other end. Well, you don't really see much of of the action. You can just kind of see him running around. Then all of a sudden you see a kid kind of come streaking out of the left side out of the camera, and Lamar, you know, sets up and throws the ball to him. Guys, it was about three yards behind him. I mean, (laughs) and I'm just – I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this was so perfect. Now everybody's going to see this. It was just – it couldn't have been more Lamar, you know. On a basketball Uh, court? Yeah, they were just – I think he was playing some pickup hoops, and then somebody had a football, and – you know, either I mean, way, I'm,
1: a basketball court is
0: small, man. I Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and furthermore, I'm guessing the, the Ravens weren't real thrilled that he was playing pickup basketball. But eh. what are you going to
1: do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. exactly. What are you right. going to do? I mean, Le'Veon Billy used to put, pick a basketball oh, all the time in, in Pittsburgh. Time. and And he was in pristine condition. So. You know, I'm not necessarily going to criticize that. No, his injuries no. always came on the field, not playing basketball. Thank goodness. No, that's very true. Very true.
2: And to Levion's credit, his injuries weren't always his fault. I mean, Vontez perfect like <laughs> wrapping him wrapping around him and swinging his legs Yeah, to that, his that knees wasn't was cool. Levion's fault. Yeah. That was that, not that, cool. That was,
0: I will uh I will not forget that move. Um that's, that's for damn sure. Um it, ian what was that last thing you wanted me to mention tonight um something oh th- we have a yeah. new segment
2: it's called ben rates drinks oh
0: that's right ben rates drinks
2: ben yeah. rates drinks what am yes. i rating
0: well we're gonna tell you uh yes. you're gonna rate a beverage tonight that uh i, I think ian found this one right
2: <laughs> there are two that i found and i want you to ask about both of them because yes you're, you're rating them on whatever scale you want to ben we just want your reactions my okay, reactions
1: so, to drinks.
0: Yeah. So uh, the the first one is from the company Schweppes.
1: You, you know, I think Schweppes? what you guys probably should do, if you want to do uh-huh. this properly, yeah, would send this to me in advance and actually have me taste it. <laughs> but
0: Well, th- that would right. be smart, but I think you'll see where we're going. Uh, this is Schweppes. Uh, yes. This is white peach ginger ale. What do you think you'd, you'd think of white peach ginger ale? I would think I'm not buying this.
2: Would you mix it with whiskey? Because you know oh, ginger hell ale no. whiskey.
1: No, <laughs> hell no, that would be disgusting. I, I guess I might mix it with vodka, but I think I'd rather just drink vodka straight. White peach ginger ale. Yeah. Yeah. White
0: peach. And and then what, what was this other one that, that we found, uh, Ian, where the, the guy had a uh, a cocktail?
2: All right. Hold on. I, I have to just read the tweet to Ben. All right. So this was from Matt Harmon on Twitter. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and he said, we always call my stepdad Buddy the Elf because of his weird sweets obsession. Buddy the Elf being a reference to the Elf movie. Uh, all right. Here's a prime example. He just told our waitress he wants his drink fluffy style. When she she inevitably asked what the fuck that was, (laughs) he told her that he wanted his cocktail topped with whipped cream. So, Ben, please rate a Fluffy-style drink. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: there is a a kind of a famous restaurant here in Portland called Huber's that makes a a really, really good Spanish coffee, and that's served Fluffy-style. And it's delicious. So I don't know if I can really bag on that too much. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the fluffy style beverage. But uh, I wouldn't be caught dead ordering one, if that's what you're asking me. Nah, it's... The the coffee,
0: to me, more than acceptable. But to have a cocktail and ask for whipped cream I'd like
1: some whipped cream. That kind of reminds me of... uh, There was a scene in Three's Company where Don Knotts Goes yeah. in and orders some 12-year-old scotch with root beer, whipped <laughs> cream, and a cherry. <laughs> I'll yeah. have to go. that, that's got to be the worst thing. I'll I have to go back and check that one out. Can think, well, and, and he delivers it so perfectly because he's Don Knotts, of right? Course. I mean, the guy's a genius.
0: It's Mr. Furley. Man.
1: Exactly.
2: Uh, well, we've clearly gone off the rails uh for the record here for our listeners ben you would not drink a rum and coke fluffy style for instance hell no
1: no no. i wouldn't drink a rum and coke (laughs) oh wow
2: okay okay well maybe we should have started this this, uh (laughs) i I,
1: I don't wouldn't even drink that i i you know not to say that i haven't ever but i just not at the top of your list no it's it's way way down okay all right very good all right, we'll be we're back off the next time
2: that we find more hilarious cocktail mixes for Ben to rate. Yeah, well, Maggie wasn't very thrilled about that either.
1: So. Yeah, and I can't really blame her.
0: No, no. <laughs> uh well, we'll get on, out of here. Make sure you check out the site everybody, stillcityblitz.com. Check us out on Facebook, uh facebook.com/steelcityblitz and of course Twitter at scblitz. Um and we are ever so close to the season starting and uh that's it for us so we will be back next week for ian and ben's steel dead signing off on the scb steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated
1: hey go steelers ravens suck